0: Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish independent WhatsApp channel. Leia Healthcare. It's good to live. Proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry.
1: Folks, welcome to the latest episode of the Real Health Podcast in association with Leia Healthcare with me, Carl Henry. On this week's show, I am super, super excited to be joined by Brian O'Loughlin from Movement 101. We're going to discuss one massive area of health that I think people have forgotten about, uh, people don't think about, but it massively impacts everything you do in terms of running, in terms of gym work, in terms of triathlons, in terms of life. And that one thing is mobility. It's crucial for health, crucial for life, but nobody really thinks about it. Men, especially, are really, really poor at it, I think. But Brian is going to tell us all about it. Brian Lachlan, welcome to the Real Health Podcast. Thank you very much. How's it going? Really good, really good. Thanks for having me in. Not at all. So listen, tell us about you first and foremost. Uh, Mobility is what you do. I came across you from following you on Instagram. You've over 30,000 followers, so you've a huge, big following there. And mobility is what you sell.
0: Yeah. So essentially, what I've been a trainer for the last 12 years. What was it, about eight or nine years ago? I had a really bad shoulder injury and I couldn't get rid of it. So I went to every single physio. I couldn't really find what the issue was. There was no specific issue that happened. It was kind of progressive over time, you know, from training, having a bit of tightness, a bit of pain. It got a little bit worse. So it just, it altered my training then. I, I went to research different modalities, different sides of training to get myself to move better. I was training fat loss clients And they would have little niggles here and there as well. So I just kind of give them a hand. And eventually I got myself moving pain-free. I said to help more people to move kind of better as well. So I started to kind of push fat loss clients away and kind of look to promote, to help people to move better uh, per se, you know. And our message really comes down to helping people move better for whatever that means to them. So if you go to the gym, if you're an athlete, if you sit at a desk every day, there's a level of mobility that you are going to require as a human. And whatever that means is specific to you. And we believe is a foundation of strength. That's what it comes down to. That A lot of people lack. And mobility is just seen, especially in the fitness industry, as a, a different thing than what we believe it is. Stretching and foam rolling seems to be the really big popular things to do now, which we don't believe are the best course of action, really.
1: Tell us about that then. So, in ter- I know, um, what is the best course of action? What, strength. If you want to improve. So,
0: if you think about... Improving how you move. The brain has to feel safe and essentially the best way of the brain feeling safe is for you to physically be be able to move. So strength is just key. Can you move your hip? Can you move your shoulder? Can you move your body the way you want it to move? Strength, that's all that really matters. Where a foam roller and stretching are way too passive. They can never give you that strength. They may help, but it could facilitate uh, the journey of you of moving better. But actually, we believe there's a, a better, more efficient way of doing it and you don't need to stretch and foam roll if you don't want to. If you like doing them things, keep doing them. There's nothing wrong with them per se. They're just very short term and most of the research will tell you they're not actually really needed. They can definitely help, they're just not needed.
1: And in terms of strength, is that strength from
0: lifting things, using the bands, dyna bands, stuff like that? Anything. So bodyweight training, using weights, using bands, any style of training that you like to do is absolutely fine. I suppose what we do is we kind of train areas that a lot of people wouldn't train. So we train hips, we train spine, we train shoulder, we train feet. So we train uh, specific areas. But I I strength train, I I build programs for for clients in the gym. A a good strength training program should cover your mobility. Like It really is that simple. It's not easy, but it's very simple. But most people shy away. Is there a difference
1: between men and women? Do you find that men are more fl- are, 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 have less ability, or women have more?
0: No, I I don't think it's fair to say women will be more mobile. There's people who are more mobile, definitely. So by nature, we know people will build strength easier, people will will respond to certain things better, and people are more naturally flexible. So me, if anyone follows me on Instagram and you see what I do, I'm not naturally flexible. So you can see the stuff that I do when people are amazed by it. I just train this way. So people are definitely more flexible, and you can only reach to a certain level, but everybody can improve how they move and improve their their mobility per se. But definitely people have more advantages than others, but that's not a, 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 a necessary requirement to move better, you know? And do you th- think it's becoming more popular? Oh, definitely. Yeah. I mean, we, we opened Movement One Hundred One about two and a half years ago, and no one cared about that. I've been doing this stuff for the last eight, nine, ten years, and mm-hmm. I, I was in gyms with other trainers, and they just told me to go and stretch, and no one cares, and laughed at me, and whatever. I didn't. I don't. I, I believe in what we do, so I kept doing. But I kept doing it. Sorry. And then two and a half years ago, when we opened Movement One Hundred One. You know, we our our aim was to change the face of the Irish fitness industry in the sense of our message. And no one really cared about it per se. And yeah, slowly it's definitely improved. And our our message, we believe we've helped kind of deliver this message and people are latching onto it. Um so definitely, yeah, we've seen a huge growth in, in both people interested in what we do and then people taking that responsibility themselves over the last two and a half years in particular.
1: And in terms of the people that you work with, is it? I suppose people listening to the podcast straight away would think, "Oh, that's for elite athletes, or yeah. you know, intercounty players, or whatever." Yeah, is is your
0: in terms of people that you work with? Is it that, or is it broader? Is it terms it's of the definitely, it's definitely broader? I mean, we have our, our demographic would probably probably be athletes. The nature of what we do, we train a lot of intercounty footballers. Uh, particularly, a good few of the Dublin team, and a lot of people would see them, me training them on social media. So, we do get an awful lot of in, uh, inter-county footballers into us, or I suppose GAA uh, athletes in general. But we train people, uh, who go to the gym, people who just want to physically move better. We actually train people who are in pain. Uh, oftentimes, as much as we're talking about movement, pain is not to do just with movement. Pain is a very real uh, experience that you feel that comes down towards uh, you know your experience, what you believe you can actually physically do, what you've been told. So, empowerment is our message. So, it is for everybody. there's no doubt that we have a a certain clientele who are more drawn to us. But genuinely, 100%, it's for everybody.
1: Okay, so for people listening in, let's pick your brains a little bit. That's what we do here. We bring experts in and pick their brains for for our listeners. Um, Someone listening in, how can they tell if they have good mobility or poor mobility? Is there an indicator? Is there a measure they can do? Yeah, so again, we try to
0: stay away from this idea of having poor mobility. Because the, the idea is how well do you move? What do you want to do for your body? So our biggest indicator is what do you want to do with your body? Can you do that well or can you not? So if you like to train, if you like to play football, if you keep playing, uh, getting injured, doing the thing you love doing, you, right now, either your volume is too much, whatever it is, but your body can't handle that capacity currently. So we would look at you then and say, can you do what you're asking your body to do well? And if not, then we would look at not necessarily just mobility, but in terms of what can your body your body physically do? And that's more what we want to, because there's no level you have to reach. What I want to do, what you want to do is so different. So it's so individual. And that's our message. But it is individual in the sense of you take that responsibility for you for what you want to do, and nobody can do that for you. So it comes down to what you want to do, and uh, I suppose also how much you want to do it. So we deal with so many top level athletes So they would just the, the one or two percent difference for them is huge. Mm-hmm. They'll do anything just to find that difference, I suppose. Whereas oftentimes people in the gym will just train through pain or just think. I, the amount of people that come into me all the time, I'm this, I'm 50, I'm 60, I'm 70, I'm old, I, I move this way. My 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 dad always said I was re- I, I moved poorly like it's just not true like you move poorly because you move poorly and you have mm-hmm. so much more control than you either currently realize or what you've been told previously you know
1: what are the most common areas you see
0: when people come in or I suppose or- the the one area that we we always talk about is just the spine in general just because the nature of the spine itself. It's the impact it has, in general, how you move ar- around the hips, ar- around the shoulders. But actually, it's the information being fed from the from the, the spinal cord up towards the brain in terms of movement. And ask anybody, how often do you train your spine? And people look at you as if you have forehead. So, you know, back pain is huge. Again, it's not always a movement issue. But if you can train and move your spine really well, you have the confidence, you have the strength, and you have uh, the ability to move in towards different range of motion, carefree, with confidence, with control. And it's an area that a lot of people don't train, aren't aware of and are genuinely an awful lot of times afraid to physically move. So it's a huge thing that we we, we definitely work on. I suppose where, with athletes, we always look, look at hips because the nature, for example, of an inter-county footballer, what he does in that pitch is, is crazy. He's he's jumping, he's kicking, he's running. He's he's not stopping at a really high level, at a really high intensity for that 60 minutes for the whole year. So our aim is, can he flex, extend, abduct, rotate his hip? Can his hip do what he's asking to do? And has he ever trained that before? And, and the majority have never trained their hip to rotate better. So we trained our hip to rotate better. That ball and soccer joint literally moves and functions better so that they have more control, they have more strength to kick a ball, to do what they want to do it becomes much more efficient. So, again, it comes down to what you want to do and can you do it well. And in
1: terms of elite level stuff, have you seen, as, say, Gaelic, for example, has, yeah. become, has become a bigger and more professionalised outfit yeah. over the course of the past couple of years, the training's become harder, they're training more professional. Definitely. Have you seen an increase in mobility issues as a as a, a byproduct of that,
0: yeah. I mean, like, it's like the last two and a half years, we're dealing with a lot of intercounty footballers. Previous to that, I wouldn't have dealt with as many. So it's not fair to say for me I've seen more, you know, because yeah. you've seen a lot over the last two and a half years. Um, intercounty footballers are professional in everything but name. In my eyes, like what they do, they have training, their nutrition. It's all it's it's one hundred percent professional. Um, And we just deal with a lot of people who don't train these areas. And they're the exact same. Again, we deal with, uh, uh, like Rob, my business partner, works with clients online and he just dealt with a professional footballer in, in England who was told that he had to have hip surgery and stop playing football. He's back playing football. He trained with Rob because we trained his hips, We trained his body to do what he asked it to do. So it's not necessarily gaelic at that top level it's top level in general people look at strength and conditioning in terms of let's build muscle let's get more strong let's get uh, more powerful which is definitely 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 needed but if we can make you move better which is again is a strength component physically what you're asking your body to do becomes much much easier and you can do that much more efficiently Makes sense. makes sense
1: yeah but it's it, it makes total sense and yeah. it's been neglected because people don't but that's kind of the, our message it.
0: Genuinely like for me like i was in pain so it was no one thing that did it i was bench pressing i was doing stuff in pain i genuinely had pain i remember having pain and training through pain i physically couldn't do what i asked my body to do so can i get this to function better and now all of a sudden i can do this thing pain-free so we always think of exercise we never think of actually what this body can physically do you know so if we can control this this can move well literally i can do whatever i want to do and again the many people that come to me who are in pain or even ga athletes or whatever it is they love doing what they want to do they keep getting injured they keep having pain they keep having issues and they can't do what they love to do so for us what's the definition of insanity doing the same thing over and (laughs) over again and expecting different results so if you're doing something that's not working it's not working you got to change tact and genuinely we believe what we do is we haven't got all the answers but we genuinely believe it, it is a the right way to kind of go about it, you know?
1: Okay, so the starting point for our listeners yep. would be is to think about your body. Yes. And think about your day-to-day life where you have
0: aches and pains that restrict
1: you from doing what you want to
0: do. And even not necessarily aches and pains everyone always thinks about movement as the gym or sport. So it's always them two things. So they never think about the other 23 hours. Forget that because you're asleep for four, five, six hours. But them other hours of what you're doing with your life. That one hour in a gym will burn calories, will build your muscle fine. But you have to be understanding of what you're doing for the rest of your life. So that affects how you move. Like we deal with people, a taxi man who's in a taxi six days a week will move completely different than you. You're not in that taxi six days a week and you have to take that in, in, into account and then if you are going to do a gym session it's hugely high intense and you don't move very well your chance of getting injured is higher or certainly what you're asking your body to do is going to become much more difficult and you're going to find it harder to do as you keep doing it as you get older etc cetera, etc cetera. so yeah think just think what do you do every single day and be mindful of what you do
1: okay so once you've identified that you say okay well, you know what bending down to tie my shoelaces yes uh, my hips are tight or my back is sore or I get up in the morning out of bed my back is sore you know you've identified it what's the next step then to improving it or, or, or I don't I know that's a very generic yeah, a very no, broad so, question well, so
0: where a generic question becomes a generic answer which is yeah. to move more like it really is that simple like a lot of people come to me and say I can't bend over and touch my toes well first of all that's arbitrary who really cares you don't need to touch your toes but try and touch your toes every single day for the next month you'll get better like, it really is that simple. So if you're finding it hard, difficult to physically, your hips are, are, are tight doing something, move your hip more. If you're physically finding that you can't uh, move your spine, your back is tight, move your spine more. If you can't physically move, get, bring your arm, how often do you bring your arm overhead every single day? Probably never, you know, <laughs> until you're adding load in, in the gym or something. Move more. Like, it really is so simple. Like, it, it, it's, don't overcomplicate things because the, 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 our message is consistency beats intensity every single time. What do you do consistently? that's what the body gets good at mm-hmm. so don't overcomplicate it what can you not do do more of that of what you want to do to be able to do it better and you'll be able to do it better
1: folks you're listening to the mobility episode of, of the real health podcast in association with lay Healthcare. with me carl henry the wonderful brian O'Loughlin in studio for movement 101 making things found, sound very straightforward i must say <laughs> and the more i think about it the more straightforward it sounds which is a really brilliant message for people because sometimes people can get scared of yeah definitely you're throwing something new at them which is mobility. They haven't really touched on it before, and if it's too difficult and scary, they just don't go in here. But basically, what you're saying is move more. So if you, you know, if it's a shoulder issue, arm issue, move more. Just move yeah. the arm, move the shoulder a little bit more. Yeah, exactly.
0: Okay. And it's always we do, I'm not a physio, I'm a, I have a physical and health activity degree, I'm a personal trainer, I have all this experience of helping people move better. But people come in to me and they've been given a diagnosis of this, this, or this, or this. And I, I don't care about your, your diagnosis. It means nothing to me. It's what can you physically do? If you can't do that, we will we'll get you moving some way, give you that confidence, give you that strength to physically move. You know? you, again, no one can give you that strength. As you know yourself, yeah, helping people drop body fat or, or drop weight, you can give them the tools, you can certainly facilitate them on that journey, but you can't, make the, uh, you can't do that for them. Sorry. So that's the aim. It's your body. You can.
1: And, and it's very it. much the 1% rule that by getting that little bit better every oh, single day or yes. every single week that adds up over the course of 10 weeks or 12 yeah, weeks to 100%. massive range of motion again if you follow me
0: on Instagram I put up a lot of exercises and people always come in saying oh I tried this one or this one or this one I'm not doing them just to be fancy. You don't need to do any of them exercise whatsoever. If you have a foundation that's really, really strong, then movements, first of all, become much easier. But actually, all that matters is that foundation because we know everything stems from that foundation. So you can do this exercise, or this exercise, or what's this perfect exercise? There's no perfect exercise. What do you want to do? Can you do that well? If not, do that. Don't worry about other things or bands or, or fancy exercises because, again, you're just trying to look for this thing that really is kind of more scratching an itch as opposed to actually dealing with the issue more long term you know so i'm going to throw some scenarios at you now normally i pick uh, i do top tips okay.
1: for, with uh, with experts that come in but i'm going to give you top tips in different scenarios but your taxi driver analogy got me thinking about that which is there's loads of people listening potentially listening right now who are sitting in a car yes or commute for a long period of time in the car all day they get out of the car i know after a long run i'm like that i get out of the car a yeah. long run yesterday it's got a cork today because down the Cork everything's sore it's tight it's kind of just a bit cranky backwards is open it's equally sore and tight and cranky yep. um, but if people find that they are getting those mobility issues is there anything in the car they can do or see a sitting in terms of how they sit or how they hold their body in the car or movements should they have movement breaks on long journeys or are there any easy I'd probably to say
0: so our, our message is unfortunately there's no good one way to stay still in a car at a desk this idea <laughs> of having a standing desk we have one is no good you keep moving up and down because you keep moving so your best position is your next position that's what we say so movement breaks in the car so if i drove down to cork it would take me two or three hours i would have a tight back i haven't moved for two or three hours so as soon as i get out I'm moving my spine. I'm literally moving around as much as I can because the aim is the more movement I get, the better I'll, I'll physically feel. If you're at a desk or you're in a taxi all day, get into the habit of moving every single morning and every single evening it's done seven times, it's done 14 times a week. It's like brushing your teeth. You get up and you move your spine. You do five reps, three rounds of that, it'll take you no more than five minutes. If you do that every morning, every evening, I guarantee you, if you sit in that taxi for eight, nine, ten hours, it becomes much easier because physically you've moved your spine.
1: Give me that verbally, the move your spine bit. To explain so explain that for people. Okay, listening. the
0: cacao. Yeah, people know the cat cow of yoga. Oh yeah, yoga. yeah. Uh, d- uh, downward, no, it's not. Uh, a, downward no, it's not. I don't, I don't know yoga. A cat, <laughs> cow, cat. cow or a cat, where dog you pull, you pull your spine up and literally air up and down. down. Exactly. Yeah, okay. that's a bit too passive, unfortunately. So you'll see people move their spine up and down. Yeah, but it's like one big block. Yeah, what a spine is designed to do is literally segment one vertebrae at a time, and that's all we do. But, if they, but we don't move anything else. We just move your spine. And for the first time you've ever moved your spine properly, believe me, you'll go, what the hell was that? You'll move areas normally around your thoracic to mid-back that you've never, ever, 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 ever moved before. It's crazy. And once you feel that, you go, whoa, and you feel better. Keep doing that. I'm brilliant at doing it. I've done it every single day for the last three years. That's the only reason I'm better than you. Like, Mm -hmm. it really is so simple
1: okay so talk us through that so it's it's hands on the floor yeah, and knees so on, on the floor, on all fours your on all knees fours, directly
0: yeah. underneath your uh, hips yeah your hands directly underneath your shoulders yeah imagine then being in the the bottom position so you're kind of twerking your bum back and your art, art your back is arched so your belly buttons towards the floor yes and then you go first you tilt your pelvis towards your chest mm-hmm. you would then start to bring your low back up towards the ceiling and um, and from there, once you can't go anymore with your pelvis, keep going with your pelvis as slow as you can. Push the floor away, round your shoulder blades, up to the ceiling. Tuck your chin to your chest and use your breath. You're going to feel your core engage, keeping your arms straight. Sink your shoulder blades down. Pull your armpits back to your pockets and literally as slow as you possibly can, use your upper back to bring your chest down to the floor, one vertebrae at a time. Pull your belly button down to the floor, twerk your bone back to the wall behind you and you'll get some kind of sensation in that spine, and you have moved areas that you've never moved before. Okay, so you tore through that. I'm looking at Dara. Dara's looking kind of confused. Yeah. Forgot, what
1: the hell is that about? So, folks, very simply, uh, it's on all fours, uh, hands and knees. Uh, you breathe out, your belly button's down towards the yep. floor, and you start with the lower end of the spine, it's a, in yeah, around where your cue. pelvis yep. is. Yeah. So if you think your pelvis to your chest. And take a deep breath in. You're going to put your head... Your your head's going to naturally tilt towards the floor. Your spine's going to come up slowly at the the lower, the let the, 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 the,
0: the tail end of the spine. yes. And you're going to v- work your way up through... Just tilt your pelvis toward your chest. Yeah. It will naturally begin to make your low back move. Yeah, Once you can't go any more with your pelvis, if you push the floor away mm-hmm. and round your shoulder blades up as high as you can. So you're now in a big tucked, flexed position yep. of your whole spine. You yep. should, have, should have an arch exactly going on. Yeah. As high as you, uh, as you can. You'll feel your core really engaged. Yep. So big, deep breaths. So keeping your arms straight then, sink your shoulder blades down mm-hmm. an inch or two. Yep. Now hold here. From there, if you pull your armpits, it's a good cue, but actually think of pulling your arms back to your knees. What that will do will activate your lats and really uh, uh, fire up the muscle in the upper back. Then literally use your upper back to bring your chest, pull your chest through to the floor as slow as you can down your spine and then pull your belly button down to the floor as you twerk your bum back to the wall behind you. And see, it sounds confused. There's a lot of cues you need. So I can't emphasize. So, folks, the way to do this is if you're listening in, when you get
1: home, replay it again. Get to this point. Yeah. Just, just note exactly where we are. Where We are 18 and a half minutes in. Let's call it, call it 18 minutes into the interview. Come back to this phase. Get on the floor and do it. Trust me, once you do it once or twice, you'll nail it very, you, very quickly. Yes,
0: but that's yeah. the idea. With the, like, There's cues you need. If yeah. people, people come to me. I, I go through this movement and they're like, it's like driving a car. They have, they're working so hard mentally because they've never, ever, ever, ever once in their life moved their spine. But just like driving a car, keep driving it, keep driving it, keep driving it, and it gets so, so easy. It doesn't have to be perfect. If you understand what you're trying to do, keep doing it, okay. and you have to get better. So if
1: you're commuting a huge amount, if you're driving a taxi, if you're driving a bus or a train or a Lewis or basically anything, if you're in a seated position all day in a car... Put movement breaks in it as part of your day. In the morning, in the evening, if you're going on a long journey, put those movement breaks in when you get to the garage to fill up. Yeah, just move the spine a little bit, get out and exactly. move it around, yeah. and throw in some of those uh, the, the, some of the cat yoga exercises uh, in the morning and in the evening, and that'll keep your mobility really good. Talk to you about the office environment, then. Yes, uh, it, I we do a huge amount of corporate work. We go into offices all the time. Yeah. You see really bad postures, do a lecture, tell me, you know, who's got issues. Oh, my back's really sore, or my neck's really sore, or there's loads of issues there in terms of, just again, being seated for such a long period of time. Um, Movement in the workplace, or any uh, core exercises in the workplace. Good man, Gav, Gav's sitting up very
0: tall over there. Yeah, I like that, good. good. (laughs) Um, Yeah, so look, we do a lot of corporate work as well. We do a lot of workshops and stuff for uh, corporate companies. and our message is, again, there's no such thing as perfect posture. Yeah. There's no, it's just no good one way to sit still. So you can come in and get the best eco, uh, ergonomic desk in the world. You can sit really tall. That's not going to uh, change how you physically uh, feel, unfortunately, over the long term. And actually, most of the research will tell you that posture is not a good indication of pain. So it, what we try to instill when we go in towards corporates is to instill this message of movement in the office environment. So again, simple movements that we, we we go through to encourage people to physically move. Again, get into the habit of moving every morning, every evening, having movement breaks per se. And the best bit position is the next position so again having a standing desk to come back down again to sit move positions all the time every 30 minutes every 60 minutes sitting down is a new smoke and is what people say it's not that bad it really isn't but the people the issue people have is they use movement in these massive high intensity chunks of the gym and sport Move. The body is craving movement. Give it more, give it more, give it more. It's so okay, simple. So
1: use stairs instead of the lifts. Uh, on exactly. your lunch break, get outside. Go for a five, ten-minute walk. Move the shoulders, spine. Make sure they rotate. Just throw Move so in any way you want to it, move. A lot of it comes back to... Personal response, personal awareness maybe is a better word. But that's the biggest thing. So
0: what we tell to the clients is that once you are aware of all of this, you can never, ever, ever lose this awareness. Now, what you choose to do with it is on you. Mm-hmm. But if you come in towards me and I tell you, it's on you to do something about this. If you don't, that's fine. But don't blame somebody else. So I'm, it's not as bad for us not seeing in an office environment every single day. But if I was in an office environment, I would move as much as I can every single day. I can't emphasize you can move better just by taking that responsibility yourself.
1: Let's chat. Children, yes. teenagers, adolescents. Yes. Are they getting less mobile with increased sedentary activity?
0: Yep. I don't know if it's in, uh, decreased set, uh, activity per se. I just think what their, their, their activity is getting more structured. So when we were younger, we would play. We would just get out and we play. It wasn't a huge issue. Whereas now, um, I have a child in a way, but my niece and my nephew are four, five, six, and they go to ballet, and they go to sport, and they go to this idea, which is fine, and it's good. It's just very structured, very regimented. And again, all the research will tell you at a young age, children should play. If they play one sport for a long time, they get very good at doing that same movement pattern over and over and over again. And then they lack that mobility or movement elsewhere because they don't go there. So play is huge for children. Play is huge for adults. And play is just seen as moving in a weird and wonderful, fun fun way in any way, shape or form. So it's not. I don't believe it's due to lack of activity. I believe it's due to more structured Activity is a bigger issue With children So if you're a parent
1: Which you're, you're soon to be um, It's possibly worth Looking at The activities That your child does And make sure that they Kind of Do lots of Varied Exactly act, If they are a structure Which a yeah. lot of it is Now for, for And h- there's for nothing for wrong with structure se, say, reasons, But, it, but it, it, that there's a variation Exactly So yeah. there's a swimming There's a ballet There's a cigar exactly. Or rugby Or yeah. soccer Or whatever But it, there's loads of Different stuff Yeah if you
0: look at The best athletes in the world What do they do Like Cristiano Ronaldo Look at say Gaelic The lads who are in me James McCarty They all move really, really well. Now, a lot of of these athletes would be be genetically gifted. So, you know, they they are born to play the sport, say. But they all move really well in all crazy range of motion. They can do crazy things uh, with their body because their body has this movement variability. And that's the biggest issue we see with young children. They haven't got that variability because they just stick with this one activity or sport their whole life. As as a result, the body responds to that same movement over and over again. So yes, there's nothing wrong with structured exercise or or movement uh, or sports per se, but make it as varied as possible. Do as many things you possibly can because uh, never mind that as an athlete getting older, just as a human getting older. Like, you know, even gymnasts who did gymnastics at a young age, People can still move really well and do mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Again, it's not that gymnastics is, is the perfect thing. It's just that it gives you an awful lot of varied movement. And you can then bring that into your adult life, I suppose. How did you get into all this? Again, injury, which is most people uh, people get into stuff like this. I, I was, well, actually, I, I do remember. Even before that, in terms of fitness. Oh, felt, sorry, fitness. Sorry. Yeah. So I was I was a skinny kids. I, I felt terrible. I wanted to put on muscle because I, I wasn't confident in terms of, me being skinny. I've always been kind of loud and I, I love all this stuff. Uh, but like sport in general. But then the gym kind of just changed me when I started training and feeling good about myself. But then after about a year in the gym, I realized the gym environment is just a bit mental. It just doesn't make sense to me. People are coming in, a lot of people are coming into the gym doing things they don't want to do because they just drank all weekend or did something terrible. They're trying to burn calories or doing this activity they don't actually really like just to get exercise done. And that's what I didn't like about it. So I started to explore movement and there's nothing wrong with exercise again, but our message is: what do you love to do, movement-wise? Do that because firstly, you'll do it more because you enjoy doing it, and secondly, if you enjoy doing something, your life is better because you'll actually enjoy doing what you're doing. So, yeah, e- exercise and and the gym environment for me was just to yeah get get strong, get big, and not be skinny anymore. I suppose, and that's kind of where it grew from. Because you have a great pa- that's why I asked you you have a great passion for well pain what you pain do. is the biggest thing sorry, with me. Sorry, so I was in pain for three years. Yeah. I couldn't train upper body for three years. I literally got depressed. I couldn't sleep my left hand side for six months. What I love to do, I was training clients, and I felt like a bit of a, a fraud. And I couldn't do what I, I, I love to do. I deal with so many people in pain every single day who love what they do and they can't do it, and I understand where they're coming from. You know, so that's that's where my passion comes from. You know, and and again, this idea of empowerment and and you taking that responsibility, I can't give you that. I can certainly deliver that message, and that's why I'm so passionate about it. Um, and again it's not as, as, as difficult as people make it out to be you know it's definitely more accessible than well, you you, kind of s- you sell it very easily which is great yeah. And i think if we're going to summarize
1: what we've been discussing over the last kind of 25 30 minutes it's the fact that one is to see what you want your body to do and assess it in its current form and if you're struggling with simple things sitting for a long period yeah. of time simple assessments getting down on one knee playing with your children exactly. as you get older gardening yeah. or reluctance or to be able to do that 100%. that's the first thing that's
0: a sign that there could be yeah. a, a limitation yeah, then
1: from there is second personal responsibility realising yeah. I need to do more and I'm going to do more and I'm going to take the ownership of it and the responsibility of it three is the 1% principle where it adds up every little bit will add up over the course 100%. of time and you'll
0: get better and better and better the one thing I say to clients more. all the time is you will be you will not believe what one simple movement. Well, first of all, how difficult it can be to do, and the difference it can make you move and feel if you stay consistently doing it. It's unbelievable. It's nothing short of, of, of remarkable. You know, it, it literally is life changing for some people.
1: And consistency over time is the, fi- the final tip. So keep it consistent. Keep doing it, and over the course of one week, two weeks, three weeks, you're going to see improvement in the in your current mobility that you have. Yes, definitely. One hundred percent. So move more. Don't move less. Exactly
0: literally where can people find out more about you I suppose Instagram is our our, our, our main uh, place to find us so Brian underscore movement101 website www.movement101.com but Instagram seems to be where most people kind of find us so maybe that's your best bet to kind of uh, get on to us, but feel free to reach out, especially because we, we do talk about things here that are difficult to explain or maybe talk about. So, genuinely drop me a message and make sure to keep in touch for any question you have.
1: Fantastic. Brian and Lachlan, thank you so much for coming into the Real Cheers. Health Podcast. We will tag you on our post when we put them out. Folks, you'll be able to swipe up to go to Brian's page. I found him there, I've been following ever since. As ever, you've been listening to the Real Health Podcast in association with Lay Healthcare. Keep your questions, tips, guest requests coming into so us. You know where we are. We're realhealth at independent.ie at PT on Twitter and on Instagram. Uh, We hope you're enjoying all the video content that we've been pushing out over the last couple of weeks. We've lots and lots and lots more to come and uh, some really exciting guests coming up over the next couple of weeks and months as well. As ever, thank you so much for listening. We're working towards our 2 millionth listener goal. Very, very, very hard. So keep listening to the podcast and as always, don't forget to rate and review. Have a wonderful week and we'll see you next week. So long and full.
0: Leia Healthcare. It's good to live proud sponsor of the Real Health Podcast with Carl Henry